Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, Virgin Most Powerful Radio, welcome to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. Always a pleasure to have you here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio to all of our listeners. Welcome to the clinic where we talk about mental health, physical health, and spiritual health, of course, as Catholics. Today's topic is going to be on forgiveness. You know, we always hear the phrase that where we say to err is human and to forgive is divine. And I think that that's what we really need to focus on today uh, in terms of what does it mean that to forgive is divine? I'm very, very lucky to have a special guest today. Uh, Terry Barber is going to join me. We were talking about this topic the other day and we were talking about what it really means for us um, in terms of what does it mean to forgive? And not just that, but how do we see forgiveness on the outside, when we see our family members forgive somebody else, when we see somebody else forgiving, why does that do something to us? But before we get into that topic, let's go ahead and start with a prayer here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Let's start with a Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Hey, Terry, are you there? think I'm here. Yes, I can All see you. Right. I'm in Studio you. B. You're in Studio A. Perfect. And I'm delighted to be here. I love that topic of forgiveness because I've never forget, Dr. Sandoval, years ago we had Dr. Hahn do the healing power of forgiveness. And sure. with Lighthouse Catholic Media, who I'm the founder of it, we distribute hundreds of thousands of those CDs. And what happened is so many people told us that it changed their life because they were able to forgive their mother, their brother. And I just want to mention, if people want a free download of that, we'll give it to you for free. If you want to make a donation, fine. Dr. Scott Hahn, on the topic of forgiveness, just call the toll-free number 877-526-2151. That's wonderful. Hey, thanks, Terry, for that. You know, it's wonderful to always hear topics on this because you're yeah. going to hear many talks on, talks on forgiveness, and I think that that's great. You know why? Because forgiveness is an infinite thing, and it's an infinite topic. So you might hear my talk. You might hear Dr. Hans talk. You might hear Terry talk about it, and you might take something different away from it each time, and I think that's wonderful. I think that in terms of doing that, um, you know, we, when we talk about forgiveness, really forgiveness comes from Christ. We think we're forgiving, forgiving other people. We are really uh, partaking with Christ and being able to forgive other people. If we feel we've been offended or we've offended somebody else, anything along those lines, whenever there's forgiveness happening, Christ is there. And so there is an infinite grace and infinite goodness when it comes to this, which is why I think the sacrament of penance, the sacrament of reconciliation, the ultimate sacrament of healing and forgiveness is there. This is where Christ says, I forgive your sins. And we're going to look at a few Bible verses on that um, in terms of how is it that, why are we talking about forgiveness in a medical clinic? Why are we talking about it in a, in a physical healing and a psychological healing? Well, we talk about spiritual healing and that's pretty obvious, but believe me that there is a whole physical and mental component that when it comes to that, what do you think about that, Terry? I think it's awesome. I've, I've actually seen people who have, I'm not a doctor, but I've seen people who were sick and when they were able to forgive their relative, their health got better. Now, is there a connection? I saw it. I have no idea what takes place. You're the doctor, but I've seen that happen with people. 
You know, there, abs- there absolutely is a connection, Terry. There's no doubt about it. Um, and we don't, I don't think we think about that because whenever I talk to people, what I've noticed is when I talk to people in therapy, when people come to the clinic and we talk about the pain that they experience because, you know, their relative hurt them very badly, said something that really didn't sit well with them and was very hurtful. Well, you know what that causes when, when somebody hurts you? Listen, what, listen to the words we use. They hurt me. Mm-hmm. And so then I would ask, well, did they hit you? Is there a scar on your body? No, but there is a scar somewhere. It might be in my heart, in my soul, mm. in my mind. There is a scar there. So there's no, it's not a coincidence that we say that they hurt me. They hurt my feelings. There is a hurt there. There is a wound that needs healing. The medication's a little bit different. If I see a wound on your skin, if I see a wound on your, you know, you, you, a kid's trip and they scrape their knees, I want to say, let me put a Band-Aid on it. Let me put a little Neosporin on a little cream on it and make it heal. Well, what are we going to do for the soul? Why is it? And you made a good point. Why is it that if I forgive somebody, all of a sudden physically I start to heal? Because internally I start to heal and we can't forget that we're all connected. We're body, mind, spirit. And one is going to affect the other in one way or another. Powerful. And so tell us, what, what's the scripture that you're going to, I'm anxious to hear. Give me the quote so I can look it up. You know, there are a few, uh, actually there's a few different ones. So yes. one of them is, I mean, if we, if we look at the Bible, one of the most classic, classic um, uh, scriptures in t- when it comes to forgiveness, yes. if we look at the chapter of Luke chapter 23, Jesus is on the cross. Oh, yeah. He's got oh, yeah. two, two thieves on either side. And we talk about St. Dismas and we say that he was the good thief, as we say. And so what does, you know, if we look at that chapter and what, what happens there, you know, one of the thieves turns and he's mocking Christ and he's saying, you know, gosh, if you are the Christ, why don't you bring us down and why don't you do this? The other one does something different. St. Dismas does something different. He looks at Christ and he says, he, first he reprimands the other one and says, what are you doing? We deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. We, we are here on the cross because we are, you know, we truly were we're getting our punishment for what we did. This man has no has no uh, uh, punishment. Now, what he does there, this is this is what really happens. He recognizes who Christ is. This is where it all starts. He looks at himself first and says, "I am I am guilty. Mm. I am here. I am guilty." That's the first part when it comes to forgiveness. I might not be guilty in some hurting somebody else, but I got to recognize that I have not been perfect in my life. There are wounds in my life. I look at Christ on the cross, and I have to recognize. Wow, he did not have to do that for me. If he's willing to forgive me that way, how can I not forgive somebody else? How can I not extend that same healing? And then what happens? He says, Christ, then he turns to Christ and he says, don't forget about me. He says, remember me when you're in your kingdom. Jesus is able to see that, hey, you recognized who I am divinely, and now you will be with me today. That's not to say that the other person didn't repent afterwards. We don't know what happened to the other thief. There's not, not, no uh, follow-up there. But this is really where we see a whole lot of forgiveness, a recognition of Christ, and Christ saying, yes, I will forgive your sins. Once you recognize who you are and you recognize who I am. What do you think about that, Terry? Well, Dr. Sandoval, what made me think about that, I wrote it down here. I said, you made me think of confession of the soul, that when we go to confession, if we don't have sorrow, contrition for what we did wrong, then we don't even get forgiven by God. We have to have that forgiveness and, and I mean, that contrition. And so it seems like that's on the supernatural level. But even on the natural level, we have to acknowledge, hey, maybe, you know, okay, I'm sorry I said something mean to you or I... Uh, I did something that I shouldn't have done. Acknowledge it, before, you know, say I'm sorry, and then the healing takes place. But I'm saying you have the supernatural healing that takes place to your soul in the confession. But then you also have the body. So it's, we're body and soul, like you said. But that's what made me think of the, 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 the confession. That when I go to confession, I repent, I ask for forgiveness, 
and it's similar to my soul being healed and also my body. It is similar to the body. And let me tell you something. So what happens when people go to confession? They come out of confession. And what's one of the common things people say? <laughs> I feel great. I feel great. And they'll <laughs> say, I feel lighter. Right. right? I feel there's, there's a lifting of something. Yeah. Well, guess why? You know, if we, we can talk about that spiritually. We can say, yes, yeah, something happened to the soul. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Tell me something. Tell me that you don't feel more physically yeah. relaxed as well. Yeah. There is something physical happening. That's why? Because when we're carrying around the burden, when we're carrying around a burden of either not being forgiven ourselves or not forgiving somebody else, what happens to our bodies? You know, what happens if we're constantly tense? We're constantly thinking of negative thoughts. We're constantly holding on. Our muscles become tense. Our anxiety goes up. Um, you know, we start getting depressed. These are real, real things. And notice that this is all associated with something that we could say it's associated with something supernatural, but I really see it as one and the same. Mm-hmm. You know, our beings are happening at the same time, the soul, the body. Makes sense. If I'm carrying around this burden, I'm carrying, ar- carrying it around physically. Guess what? We've noticed this in the hospital. We see this all the time. Mm-hmm. If somebody, one of the things that helps people heal is their disposition. Are they in a good mood? Are they in a bad mood? Are they, do they have a naturally happy, joyful disposition? I guarantee you those people are going to heal much better, you know, and this is true in the spiritual world and in the physical world. This is why it all goes hand in hand. Well, I always say an attitude of gratitude is welcome just about everywhere. You know, and we talk about smiling. So one of the (laughs) things is when we haven't forgiven somebody, if we're carrying that burden, we're not able to smile as much, right? We're in a bad place. And and I want our listeners to look this up. I want you to look up the physiological differences that happen when you smile. And you don't even have to see something funny. You don't have to react to something. Just smile for yourself. Just put, put on a big smile. And your body actually changes. Your, your immune system gets stronger. You get in a better mood. Your muscles relax. And this is just by the act of smiling. This is something physical that we can do that is going to affect us spiritually and mentally. Well, well said. In my book, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone, I talk about a smile is a small form of enthusiasm. And the word enthusiasm comes from theo, God is in you. So when you smile, you're showing forth that God is in you. So I, I just had to say that because when you were talking about your attitude and what it does physically to smile, I I, I have a joke, Doctor Sandoval, that sure. says it won't hurt. Smile, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it really does help you overcome all kinds of anxieties and difficulties. And I I just I'm a big believer, as you notice, I'm smiling the whole time here. Why? Because I I love where what we're doing. We're sharing things that help people fall deep in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. This is absolutely true. Let me give you the Bible quote here. On, on We were talking about Jesus, uh, unfortunately, hanging on the cross. Yeah, Luke 23. If, if we look at Luke 23, and you just look at, at verse 43, I think this is what really happens when we forgive mm. somebody. It says, and this is the final part, because it says, and he said to him, so this is Jesus speaking to St. Dismas, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Those are, how powerful is that? That's powerful. And I think that that's what happens to us. I think that we forget and we think that heaven is somewhere else. We think that paradise is somewhere else. But just like you say at the end of the Jesse and Terry show, every time you say, what state should we be living in? In the state of grace. That can happen right now. I can live in the state of grace right now. I can experience paradise, maybe not to the fullest, but I can experience some paradise right now in my in my life. And I think that that's what happens. We can forgive somebody. We can let the hurt go. I think Jesus turns to us in that moment and says, truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. We can experience that in that moment. This is why it's so powerful to forgive. And wow. more when we come back from the break, I hear the music going, but we got a few more Bible quotes for you and a few stories to share on forgiveness. 
All right. Well, welcome back to our show. You're listening to the Dr. Blue Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And today we have a very, very special guest, Terry Barber. Thank you for <laughs> joining me. Always a pleasure to have you. I love the enthusiasm. You make me want to do push-ups. <laughs> I, already, <laughs> I already did my push-ups before the show, but Dr. Sandoval, I'm so excited to be here with you because what you have to offer people is so important for our culture right now because, you know, the idea of depression is at its highest level in my lifetime whether it's the COVID-19, whether it's the problems in the church, the state. And so it's so important to have good mental health and good spiritual health and how they go together. So I'm glad to be here. Oh, thank you for being here, Terry. Always always a pleasure, and thank you for your kind words. You know, today's topic, uh, today, the, the title of today's show is Forgive and Follow. And the reason uh, that I made it Forgive and Follow is because you notice in the Bible, every time there is a moment of forgiveness, whenever there's a forgiveness of sins, Christ says, follow me. Mm-hmm. You know, there, and I think that this is really what's happening. When I, we, uh, if you were listening to the last segment, we finished it off with a quote from Jesus saying, today your sins will be forgiven you. You will be with me in paradise. You will, today you will be with me in kingdom. Notice that he says that you are forgiven and you will be with me and you will be able to follow me. I know, Terry, you had a great quote that you were mentioning to me that you read in a book. Tell me about that. Well, it's Dr. Scott Hahn. For those who don't know, I 31 years ago, I recorded his original conversion story. And through Lighthouse Catholic Media and St. Joseph's, we've distributed hundreds of thousands. Actually, about 30 million copies of recordings have gone out in my own lifetime. And one of the quotes he said is about joy, because we're talking about smiling and He said, joy is the best argument for Catholicism. He said, people find it irresistible, irrefutable, and we have to build it into our great feast of our Catholic life. And I love what he said here. Whenever we find ourselves without joy, Dr. Hahn says, we should recognize that we ourselves need to be re-evangelized because the grace of conversion is not something that's ever over and done Rather, it's going ongoing and ever-deepening and lifelong. Well, I just want to just say, my, I'm, I'm, I need a conversion every day. I don't know if you do, but I do. I see myself every day saying yes to Jesus, and there are temptations that I face every day. But living in the presence of God and calling on the presence of God helps me with my joy to know that my joy is not in this world. My joy Real joy is in, is knowing that Jesus Christ is my Savior and that if I live according to his uh, His dictates, of according to the Ten Commandments and, and having that relationship with him, that I will be with him for all eternity. So I have joy in this world. Don't get me wrong. I'm a happy camper. But I do know that I'm looking for the supernatural joy that only comes through Jesus Christ. It's not a home run in the bottom of the ninth inning, and I hit the, to win the game. That's That was fun. I, I've done that. But what's real true joy is knowing the person of Jesus Christ. This is absolutely true, Terry. I mean, this, and that's the biggest thing. We it's, it's great that we have to be reminded of our faith. I say it's great because we're all in the same boat. What happens is as we go through life, as we fall into sin or temptation, or if we get into this this position of, of lack of forgiveness or unforgiveness, as we call it, if I'm not able to forgive somebody, it's going to dull my intellect. Mm. You know, if you listen to anybody who tells you about sin, what does sin do? It dulls the intellect. It, it makes it so that we don't think clearly. Right. And so that's another thing that happens when we forgive people, when we go to confession and we're forgiven ourselves and we extend that forgiveness, we start to get smart again. For all of our listeners <laughs> who uh, were able to attend our deliverance conference last weekend. Wow. You know, what a great conference. How <laughs> powerful is that? And why do I bring that 
up. Because why do we listen to the deliverance conference? We want to know how to avoid the pitfalls. We want to know how Mm. to not be influenced by darkness in our life, by evil spirits, by evil thoughts. And one of those things that we have to remember is that if we are holding on to something negative, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be influenced by something, by, by evil spirits, devils, and demons, but we're opening up that opportunity. We're giving them the opportunity because whatever we have that's negative is something that they might want to latch onto. And that's what takes away our joy that Terry's talking about. What do you think about that, Terry? I think you're nailing it. And I would include the very fact that if we're not living a sacramental life in the church, that's also opening a portal for demons to come in. That's why it's so important that your prayer life and your sacramental life is in tune. Because I've heard people tell me, oh, uh, when I was young, I got into the Ouija board. Well, what was that all about? Well, I was bored. I was bored. Yeah. And they yeah. did that? Well, see, here's the point. If they're living a sacramental life and you're living that life, the the devil has difficulty. He can't get in if you're in the state of grace. That's something I've told people over and over again, that uh, it's so important that you're living a sacramental life. Because so many people have told me, oh, my gosh, these terrible things have happened to me in the spiritual life. My, uh, you know, like the things shake in the house. I have they're, they're doing all the evil things that are taking place. And I ask, are you saying your prayers? Are you living a sacramental life? No. Well, first of all, this is important that we live that life of grace because without that, the devil and, and evil is more open to coming to you because you're an easy target. So that's my take. That's a, you know, And that's a great point because how many people veer off the wrong path because they're bored? And you know what the problem is there? Mm. Just like you were mentioning, you know, why do we have to be reminded of our faith? What we actually have to be reminded about is how exciting our faith exactly. is. If we actually get into the nitty gritty of our faith, if we realize that we're going to share in mm. the divinity of Christ oh. when we get to heaven, how exciting is that? <laughs> Sign how me up! How can we forget that? How can we, how can <laughs> exactly. we forget that? That's exciting because when we do say, or if we do hold on to negative things that we think are important, again, it dulls the intellect. I want to give a shout out to one of our, our listeners here. Uh, I'm following the chat on YouTube if anybody has any comments, but Peter, thank you. Confession is the beginning of wisdom which liberates the soul. Mm. And that's what we're talking about. Why do we get that wisdom and why is the soul free? Because that's exactly what confession does. Whenever there is a, a moment of confession of penance and healing, we say com- healing because when there is forgiveness, there is healing. Just like you mentioned, Terry, mm. we witness healing of body. We can see it happening. Do we recognize it though? We can't say, oh, it was a coincidence. We can't say, oh, you know, this just happened because I was there and it was just kind of nice to see. No, we have to actually, this is with the eyes of faith. This is where we believe if I get to forgive somebody, not only am I healing them, I'm healing myself because what we've got to remember is if I don't help liberate somebody and lift them up to the divinity that Christ wants them to be because I want to hold on to something and I don't forgive them, I'm also going to bring myself down. I am not going to liberate myself to lead to my fullness to where Christ wants me to be. What do you think, Terry? I think you're nailing it, but I, you know, when you're talking like that, I keep thinking our listener right now going, okay, doc, you're the expert on, you know, body and soul. I get that. But how does it, how does it actually work on the body? That meaning that, how is it that I'm feeling horrible right now? And I've been thinking about, you know, my aunt, whatever her name is, uh, that hurt me, you know, 20 years ago. And I've been thinking about this for 20 years and I'm going to forgive her, and you're going to tell me that I'm going to feel better? How does that actually work 
physiology. Physiologically, yes. that's a great question. What we've got to remember is this. We have happy hormones and we have stress hormones, as oh. we call it. So we have endorphins. A lot of people say they're happy hormones. When do we experience these endorphins? You go out for a nice bike ride. You see a beautiful sunset. Yes. You hear a beautiful song. These are things that are happening physically around us, and they affect us. We hear something. We hear a kind word, and all of a sudden we have serotonin and norepinephrine, dopamine running through our system. And this is what we treat, right? So when people are feeling depressed, I give you medication to help regulate those hormones. At the same time, we can have inhibitory, inhibitory hormones. We can have hormones that are going to inhibit us from feeling better and actually let the body know that it's under stress. So in other words, let's say that all of a sudden you're in a situation without food or you're out in the wilderness uh, and, and you don't have any shelter and it's raining. Mm. The body's going to know that and the body's going to put you in survival mode. Wow. The body's not going to send out the endorphins because it doesn't want you to relax. It wants you to be in what we call fight or flight mode. So when you're in that fight or flight mode, you got to survive. You got to relax. You know that there's a battle. You you know what? You have to fight. The body can't survive in that mode for too long. But, and, and because if it does stay in that mode for too long, all of a sudden we're going to have all this cortisol. We're going to have a whole lot of things that are going to, that are the stress hormones. And it's going to make the body stop working efficiently over a long period of time. This is why if somebody's holding on to something, if somebody's having negative thoughts, if somebody is holding on to hate, you're going to have all these hormones that are going to make the body want to shut down because it's saying you're not ready to live. When you release that, the body actually understands that the same way that you hear a joke and you laugh, there's a physiological change. Why is that? Because you heard something positive. In the same way, I forgive somebody, I release them from bringing me down. Guess what? All those hormones start to regulate and it happens instantaneously. We feel better instantaneously. There is a physiological connection. Once those positive hormones are going through, the body heals much quicker. Well, you know, makes sense. What you just said, you gave an explanation to give everybody listening a, a benefit to say, sign me up. I want that. For, I want to feel better. I think uh, not only on the natural level, on the supernatural, but I think grace builds on nature. St. Thomas talks about that. So those who are having hard times physically right now, maybe there's an element of unforgiveness that you're dealing with. And I would just suggest to take the good doctor's advice. Uh, Dr. Sandoval, there are some stories that in my own lifetime, I just want to mention that, and I know people listening also have stories of forgiveness and how it has healed them. One such story that really touched my heart was probably 45 years ago. I was 20 years old. So that was, yeah, so uh, 39 years ago. And um, my brother had a business and he ended up getting brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And by golly, he was having this brain cancer and everybody got scared because he was the boss of this company. And so he had to go to the hospital and get a brain operation and it didn't look good. He came back. He lived about eight months after the brain operation in 1977. And uh, all of his employees were like worried, what's going to happen to the business? Well, his business manager didn't want to wait. He took the money that was in the account and took off with like $15,000. Wow, which what was a betrayal. A, yeah, it was a betrayal. He had trusted this man. And, you know, we all had to pitch in to kind of make things better in the company. And I was just a youngster, but sure. um, we were all disappointed, obviously, in this man. But a year later, what was so amazing is I had volunteered down at Skid Row. This is like downtown um, in uh, downtown Los Angeles where we fed, we would feed the uh, poor and the homeless. And so I was there feeding the homeless. And by golly, who do I run into? The man that stole the $15,000 from my brother 
a year later. What did you feel in that moment, Terry? All of a sudden, you know, you, you haven't seen this person for a long time. You, you know, you know the backstory. You run into them, and all of a sudden, he is in this position. What did you think? I'm Honestly, I'm going to tell you, maybe, my, maybe I should have been angry, but I wasn't. Because at that time, I was doing uh, a lot of spiritual reading, and I was in the MI program, and I was being formed quite well in the faith. And the first thing came to me is that if I'm going to be like Christ, I have to forgive this man. That's yeah. what came to my mind. How powerful is that? Oh. But, but you know, you said something very important there because I, I think that naturally, and I don't want anybody to yeah. feel bad if they react this way, naturally, if we were to see somebody oh, with yeah. this kind of history, I think that's going to bring up anger. Oh, anger, bring up yeah, I want to shoot him. But you brought up something very, very important. You were in the middle of learning your yeah, faith, of living your faith, of carrying Christ in your heart. Yes. And look at how you were able to react. And that's because I was going to daily mass. I was going to the uh, confession on a regular basis. And when I saw the man, he got scared of me. And I said, hey, and I called him as my name and I hugged him. Wow. And he was like crying. He was weeping. It's, he didn't know how to handle that. It sounds like you were Christ to this man. Yeah. Isn't that something Christ would do? Well, I, I, think think that, I think when Christ lives in our heart, we're able to be Christ for other people. Amen. That and was I a think, grace. Great I grace. think that's the power of forgiveness. What a powerful story. What a great reaction. I want to hear the rest of that story when we come back from the break because it sounds so interesting. And one of the things that I want our, our listeners to take from that is that we're able to have these reactions and these moments of bringing Christ to people when we are looking for Christ in our own lives. Or when we come back, I want to hear the rest of Terry's story. All right. Well, welcome back to the Dr. Sandoval Show. We are joined today by uh, Terry Barber, and we are talking about forgiveness and how when we forgive, we really are following Christ. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Christ himself tells us that in the Our Father. And Terry was telling us a riveting story about the time he came upon a man. Now, how long had it been since you'd seen this person? It was over a year, so I was surprised. It was just one year. He took that money and probably used it all up. He actually shared with me that he was homeless because he, he used it on alcohol. He said, I used that money on alcohol, and um, I'm homeless now. So he, I got a chance to chat with him. But what you just said, the Our Father, is what, and I said that the Bible taught me that, that I had to forgive if I wanted to be forgiven. The Our Father said, I have to forgive my brother. And that's really where it starts because it's so interesting. You, you mentioned that you saw him, you saw him again, and the first thing you wanted to do was give him a hug. That's right. You know, you wanted to give him a hug. And, and you said he started crying. He, he was weeping copiously. I mean, really weeping. It took a while for him to get his... Um, faculties together because he just started crying and I was crying too. I, I, it was a very moving experience. I didn't know what, I hadn't ever experienced anything like this in my life. And tell me this, Terry, because you know, we, we hear about crying, we see crying in the movies and what we have to know, and I know our listeners know this, yeah. there are different types of crying. That's right. Right. So sometimes we cry when we hear some really bad news, a tragic accident, yeah. we cry and we are sad and those negative sure. hormones come out yeah. because those negative hormones come out when we're crying because it tells our body, you know, that you're in survival mode, you're not ready to, to function in the world because you're hearing this bad news. We go into mourning and, th and grief and things like that. And we know that those aren't positive things. In your particular case, you mentioned that he was crying and you were crying. What were you feeling with those tears? A joy. I mean, I really saw it. I saw joy in there that he, he wasn't like, uh, I've, I've, in my lifetime, I've experienced people that I've helped and then they just look at you and they say, ah, get out of here. And you just helped them. And, and you know, they're mean-spirited. 
this, I could see that it was a conversion there, that he was really repenting, that I would hug him, that I would forgive him. And as God, I said to him, as I forgive you, God, more importantly, has forgiven you. Uh, you know, you're a child of God. And so I saw a cry of, of joy. I don't think it was sadness. He was really happy. You know, it's so interesting to see that. And I think that we love to see that. You know, it rem- you know what it reminds me of? Tell me. This is very, very uh, appropriate to this. You know, we talk about when, when Christ was on the cross, we talk about how that was his marriage to the church. Yeah. And how many times do people say they go to weddings and they cry at weddings? There you go. Right? It's these tears of joy because they see this union. <laughs> and I can't help to think that when we forgive, that's what was happening there with you and him. It was a union to Christ again yeah. because he was carrying a burden too. You know, he caused this burden on your family, but he was carrying a burden himself that he might not have even recognized because when we sin, we don't always see. Again, our intellect is dulled. We don't always see the burden we carry. Yeah, And you know, Dr. Sandoval, that's so true because I said to you earlier that I had a situation. It's in my book, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone. We helped a gentleman um, move his business equipment out of a warehouse because he had to, he lost it because of the recession. And there was a gentleman that was a security guard who really treated us, in the sense of the three guys that were cleaning up the equipment and, and putting it away, really poorly. And uh, just to give an example, what happened to him was he lost his cell phone in this 40-foot by 20-foot dumpster where we were throwing the trash in. And he was really upset, and he was sure. using language he shouldn't be using. Sure, sure. <laughs> and so uh, a couple of my buddies were laughing, said, serves him right. And I said, no. You know, let's pray for that guy's conversion. So I went over to him and I said, look, here's my phone. Ring your cell number and I'll, I'm small. I'll go and dig into the trash can and find your cell phone for you. So, you know, he said, okay. So, you know, what am I going to do? He makes the phone ring. I go in. I go under a bunch of trash. It takes me about 15, 20 minutes to get it because I had to move a lot of trash to get to his phone. But when I gave it to him, he didn't say thank you, Doc. He grabbed the phone like... Like, I, like I, you know, he deserves it back. Like, and here's the point I made. That everybody was mad. Why did you do that for him? Let's pray that when he goes home to talk to whoever he's going to talk to, his wife, whatever, and he tells his story, and they're going to say, and you didn't thank the man? You What's know, wrong with you? You bring up, that is such, such an important point. And this is, this is something we don't think about. What's but that? this is something that we have to be ready for because we talk about forgiveness. We talk about, you know, being able to forgive other people. And it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of, obviously, you know, we say it's divine. It yeah. takes, I think, grace from God to be able to Man. do it. You bring up such an important point with that story that I hope our listeners are uh, paying attention to. The question is, when somebody extends something like that to us, are we ready to accept forgiveness? Well said. Are we ready to accept forgiveness? If I'm not ready to accept forgiveness, I'm going to want to wallow in my misery. You know, this man, he lost his cell phone. He had somebody help him. And I think he might have been too busy being hard on himself, thinking about, you know, he could have been thinking how dumb he was in his mind. You know, maybe nobody else thought that. Accidents happen. We all have accidents. But he might have really been putting himself down so much that he wasn't ready to accept a kind word, a kind gesture from somebody else. And that actually, Terry, brings me to my next biblical part, Good. where if we look at the uh, the book of Luke, chapter 5, and we're looking at verse 8. Well, it's actually, if you actually look at the first part of, of Luke, chapter 5, it's when Christ comes to his apostles. Peter is, is at the side. He was with the other apostles. They had put the nets out. They had caught nothing all night. And Jesus tells them, hey, put it out on the other side. And Peter says to him, Lord, you know, we've been doing this all night, but you know what? 
because you say so, I will let down the nets. He does that, and what happens? They catch so many fish. They see what's going on. Well, Peter recognizes this, and he t- he falls. The Bible says he falls at Jesus' knees, and he says, "Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man." It's kind of reminds me the same way of you know, here's your cell phone, you lost it, and he's like, "Go away from me, because I failed. Yeah. I failed." Well, what happens at the end of that? This is the question. This is why I said this is forgive and follow. When forgiveness is happening. Christ, what does Christ tell Peter at that point when Peter says, go away from me? He's actually telling him, pushing him away, pushing Christ away. And Jesus says, no. He says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Mm. That's a moment of forgiveness there where Jesus says, you know, it's, it's a, sometimes it's not what we, what we say. Sometimes it's what we do where we actually forgive other people. I might not have to say I'm sorry, but if I do something nice, if I bring that man his cell phone, if somebody does something bad for me and I extend a hug, I might not even have to say I'm sorry. I think it's a way of Jesus conveying to St. Peter when he says, go away from me. He doesn't say, yes, I should go away. He says, come follow me. He doesn't even address him. I think he's just understood your sins are going to be forgiven you. Follow me. If we want forgiveness, I think we need to follow Christ. Was that man ready to accept forgiveness or accept a kind heart, a kind hand when he got his cell phone back? I think he was too hard on himself for that. I think we have to be ready to open up ourselves to to accept forgiveness. What do you think, Terry? I think you're absolutely right. I never even thought in th- those terms that he wasn't ready. I mean, yeah, so I think that's true. Let, let, me, let me bounce something off of you as a doctor. It seems to me, Doc— that those people who are like that, those people who don't want to give, let it let someone, you know, to receive forgiveness, it seems to me that their behavior affects their their own physical uh, health in some ways. Like maybe they overeat, sure. maybe they overindulge in alcoholism. Sure. Is am I onto something? Is that a, a way a, they deal with their anger? Absolutely right. You know, we're getting some good uh, questions here. And this brings up one of uh, Christy Armas is one of our mm-hmm. listeners. And she says, if our intellect is dull uh, to not see what we carry, what do you suggest you do to wake it up? Well, here's a great question because Christy, the, you know, Terry brings up this point and Christy, with your quote, you bring this up as well. First of all, if our intellect is dull because I'm not forgiving, mm-hmm. I'm not going to recognize it. If I lose my faith, I don't know that I've lost yeah. it. If I'm dulled, I don't know that I've recognized it. But I better start recognizing some of those signs. Just like you said, Terry, what happens when I'm in this position? I'm going to look for other things to fill because now I have a void. I have a void. What am I going to do? I'm going to overeat. I'm going to eat because I'm bored, because I'm not thinking right. Something's wrong, but I think I, I think if I eat, I'm going to feel better. And there's no way of feeling it. You know what? I think if I, um, you know, for it could be, I, could, I think if I start looking at pornography, that's going to fill that void. I think if I start looking for that, we start looking for those pleasures, those physical pleasures. But notice something. The key there is that there's no fill. We keep doing that and it becomes an obsession. It could be food, it could be vice, it could be drugs. How many people turn to alcohol because they're hurting and they want to numb it out, right? But how much alcohol is enough to numb it out? It's not, it's never gonna be enough. So you're absolutely right, Terry. We The, the hard part there is, how do I recognize? How do I wake up that intellect? I need to take a step back. And just like you were saying, I need to start stu- studying Christ. I need to study my faith. I need to see how exciting my faith is. And guess what? Once I start filling my vo- that void with my faith, I'm not going to be as hungry. I'm not going to want to turn to these other things. Doc, let me ask you this, because I've found through years of evangelization that many times people who just go into a church quietly before the Blessed Sacrament and take that time of just praying and and just communing with Jesus directly in the Blessed Sacrament, that those graces are there, 
I've had people tell me, you know, they started to do a, a, a weekly holy hour and it changed their whole life. One hour a week changed their whole attitude at home because they spent a quiet hour with Jesus Christ under the appearance of bread and wine that is actually the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. I just want to recommend that and see if you agree that that just spending a once-a-week holy hour could really help the mental health of our patients or people who are just listening today. I think 100%, because what we have to remember, just like we were saying, we are body, mind, and spirit. Mm. I would never tell somebody to not eat. <laughs> well, you got to eat. I would never tell somebody to not drink water. The body's not going to survive for three days if right. you don't drink water. So these are things you have to do to survive. I would never tell somebody to not learn. You know, why do we send kids to school? Do we ever say, no, don't let them read? No, <laughs> you got to fill the mind, the intellect. You got to feed that intellect with knowledge, hopefully positive knowledge and well-guided knowledge. But if we're going to look at our souls, how many times do we starve our souls? We forget that the soul needs to eat, but we don't know how to feed it. And we forget sometimes we just have to present ourselves before Christ. Amen. Christ is the medicine. Christ is the food for our souls. He tells, This is why there's holy communion. Why does he say, eat my body, drink my blood? This is the food for the soul. He comes to us in these forms, but he's also at the blessed sacrament. Presenting ourselves to Christ and just sitting there is going to be a way for us to be filled. You know, Terry, that reminds me of, a, of another uh, great Bible reading. If you think about the woman at the well sure. and Christ, right when they were coming into the town, Christ told his apostles, go get me some food. I'm hungry. And all of a sudden he goes over to the well. He talks to the woman at the well. He reminds her and he tells her, hey, I know your story. I know that you've had multiple husbands, but now I'm offering you myself. I'm offering you water. And when the apostles come back with food after that, he says, you know what? I'm not hungry anymore. I'm good. And they said, where do you eat? He got the spiritual food. He was able to make that connection to forgive. And we got to remember that Christ wants to forgive us. We got to present ourselves before Christ. More about this when we come back. There's a few other Bible stories we need to talk about and a few more, uh, hopefully, great intellectual uh, commentary from Terry Barber, as always. More when we come back from the break. All right, welcome back to the clinic here at the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Today we are talking about forgiveness and how really by forgiving other people, we lift not only them, but we lift ourselves up to be able to follow Christ and look more like Christ. We're being joined by Terry Barber, of course, who is our wonderful spiritual guide today and giving us our commentary on what he knows about forgiveness and how it's affected his life. Terry, there's a wonderful quote here mm -hmm. that Jesus gave to Sister to St. Faustina, oh, yeah. uh, where he says, he who knows how to forgive opens himself up to many graces. Repeat that. That's a powerful statement. Let's hear that. He who knows how to forgive opens himself up to many graces. Wow. What more do we want? We always say that we got to <laughs> live in the state of grace. Yeah. And by forgiving, yeah. we're going to open up ourselves to many graces. I think that's one of the things that we have to remember is that when we do something spiritual, it not just affects ourselves. We can say that it's uh, you know selfish actions sometimes to forgive ourselves or to look for forgiveness. But when we do this, we're actually healing the communion of saints. We're healing each other. I think that I see in, in families when I see one family member forgive the other one, how happy the parents are. 
Oh, all of a sudden there's peace in the household or how happy the brothers and sisters are who say, gosh, you know, their burden has been our burden as well because they don't talk to each other. It makes it tense around the holidays. They stop seeing each other. You know, even in the community, we can't go to the same mass or something because all of a sudden we're at to take sides. When there's healing there, I think it heals everybody. What do you think, Terry? Uh, you nailed it. And can I tell you where the number one thing, what you just said, families. You know, St. John Paul II wrote a letter to the families in 1994. He said this, the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. So if there's no forgiveness in the home, there's no forgiveness in the world. Yeah, listen to this. I mean, here's a quote from Pope Paul VI. Mm -hmm. Perpetual adoration extends its influence far beyond the individual adorers, Mm -hmm. touching their homes and families and reaching out to the parish community and beyond. Thank you to our listeners for sharing that that quote with us. But that's what we're talking about. Terry, you were mentioning about, you know, going before the, the Blessed Sacrament, going to adoration. How has that influenced your life? Well, it changed my life. It was Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen who said, do the daily holy hour. And um, being there, I mean, we have the church behind us, the Sacred Heart Chapel. Tonight, we, we pray uh, for priests from 7 to 9 every Thursday night. Uh, and so we pray before the Blessed Sacrament. So I encourage people to join us tonight. But any day people want to come to pray before the Blessed Sacrament, our Sacred Heart Chapel is open for that. But it changed my life because I'm a talker. And what I found is when I would stay quiet before the Blessed Sacrament, that's where real prayer came in. I would write, say prayers, but when I was just praying and talking to Jesus, that changed my whole perspective on my relationship. Yeah, because this is, I mean, sometimes we forget, you know, we're so good at praying and we feel like we need to speak. We forget that God wants to speak exactly. to us too. It's a conversation, right? It has exactly. to go both ways, just like you and I are talking here, you know, and it's no coincidence. I don't think, you know, we, I mentioned the, the chapter of, uh, chapter five of the, of Luke, the mm-hmm. book of Luke. And that's where Jesus asked his apostles to put his nets down, to put their nets down and they got the fish. And St. Peter said, you know, go away from me. And, and Jesus said, no, follow me. Or if you keep reading that chapter, it's no coincidence after he, after he tells his apostles to follow him and that they will be catchers of men. The first person he encounters is a leper. You know, we look at this and the leper comes to Christ and he says, if you want to make me clean, you can make me clean. And look, and we go from, I will, you know, Jesus tells him from now on, I will have you catch men. The first thing he does is he heals somebody physically, right? Now we know that when he's healing physically, he's also healing that person's soul. But this is where where Christ puts his money where his mouth is, as we say, because he knows what our spiritual ailments are. Sometimes we think that we go to Christ and we just need to talk about spiritual things. But Christ knows that he made us physical beings. God made us physical beings. Christ is interested in us, not just in our souls, but in our bodies as well. There's physical healing. That's part of what you mentioned. Yes. Were you going to say something, Terry? Yeah, I want to just mention this to you because you just nailed it. You got me to think of something about prayer. Personal prayer helps not just you, but the entire church. It's impossible to measure the spiritual benefits and graces granted to those who spend time in the presence of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Because as members of the church... The mystical body of Christ, our actions and our prayers bear fruit. That's what we believe. Every devout reception of Holy Communion, every good confession, every prayer has positive ramifications for the entire church. This is something I want everybody to understand. Personal growth in the spiritual life, it's an apostolic activity. So silent prayer should then and always be seen in the context of the universal church. Your prayers, our prayers, helps the entire church. And remember that because as you do that, it also helps you because, you know, our Lord did that. Remember what Bishop Sheen said 
about uh, his life is worth living, Doc, he said, go out and help your neighbor if you're looking for happiness. That's right. That's absolutely right. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times we, it's easy to get down on ourselves and we talk about there's no such thing as personal sin, you know, it affects yeah. the whole church. Well, the converse is also true and we got to remember that. Even though I'm doing what I call personal prayer, yeah. there's no such thing as personal prayer. That's I right. can do a whole lot of good. Mm-hmm. I can do a whole lot of good for my neighbor, for That's my right. family, for my friends. By me praying, I'm actually affecting the whole church. That's Amen. the beauty of the communion of saints. You know, I could be praying here and I could be affecting one of our listeners in Ireland. I could be affecting one of our listeners in India and in Australia, wherever all of our listeners are, you know, I am touching their lives, but I have to have faith that I'm doing that. That's powerful, Terry. Well, a priest told me when I was in my 20s at confession, I'll never forget, he gave me penance and he said, I want you to pray three Hail Marys for someone in India who's struggling with something and he needs prayer because I never really made the connection until that time at that confession that my prayers affect the entire world. And how exciting is that? This is where I say people cannot be bored. When we understand (laughs) our faith, when we understand how we're built and what we can do at a spiritual level, we cannot be bored. We cannot be so bored that we're going to turn to Ouija boards and tarot cards or things like that because the converse is true. We want to see something exciting. We want to see some answers. We want to see something, but we got to see it with the eyes of faith in Christ. How much more exciting is it to think that, you know what? The priest gave me three Hail Marys to pray. I'm going to go into the church and pray them, and I'm going to affect somebody positively all the way around the world by doing that. I don't need the internet. Uh, this is before Facebook. This is before any <laughs> any kind of electronics, yeah. and I'm affecting the whole world by being able to pray. That is so powerful. But, Doctor, doesn't that also affect the um, mental health of a person when they realize you know, maybe sometimes people feel depressed because they feel worthless. In other words, they don't think that what they do is important in life. But when they understand the spiritual life, it gives them, uh, I would call, recognition and aff- affirmation to know that their prayers are affecting people positively. Am I on to something? A hundred percent. You know, one of the things when it comes to mental health, I know we're, today we're talking about forgiveness in general, but we, when we, we don't forgive somebody, we're carrying something. It's kind of selfish. Mm-hmm. You know, we're carrying a burden. And we do this. I've done this. I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. It's kind of selfish. Right. But when it comes to mental health, one of the things that happens is we look inward. You know, we're depressed. I'm feeling anxious. I'm looking inward and it's almost like a shield. Again, like we were saying, a dulling of the intellect of the world around us. I no longer know how to affect the world around me. I no longer know how to touch other people's lives positively because I'm carrying deep down in my burden. And yet when I start studying my faith, when I look beyond myself, when I go and help my neighbor, when I do something for somebody else without even thinking of myself, when I do something selflessly, then guess what? I start to feel better. It's not, it's going to help my mental health. It's a guarantee. There's no other way around it. There's nothing, there's no way that I could say, well, it might help or it might not help. No. Whenever we look beyond ourselves and and help somebody and we become Christ for somebody, it's going to make you feel better. It's just a fact. Doctor, give us a prescription here. <laughs> you know, here's the here's the here's the reality of it all. Yeah. This is the prescription. Here's some uh, action items that uh, uh, Terry was hel- helping me think about. Um, but really, the the bottom line is this. I need everybody out there, all of our listeners, to understand who we are, how we're built, and how God made us. And because of that, where am I going to get my medication? Where am I going to get my food? You got to do a holy hour. You got to do a holy hour at the very least once a week, if not, you know, more often than that. Stop by the church. Say hi to Christ. Remember, we we talk about building a relationship with Christ, but do we really mean it? We need to really come before Christ, make that holy hour, and go with the eyes of faith, realizing that 
Christ is speaking to us too. He's going to send us a message. He's going to tell us what he needs of our life. We're going to have that sense of purpose that you were talking about, Terry, where I have to reach out to other people. So that's the first thing. While we're there, what I also say is ask Christ for me to have knowledge of where do I need forgiveness for myself so that I can go to confession and be even closer to Christ so that there is no barrier between me and Christ. And guess what? The third thing that's going to happen that's going to come out of that, when I recognize that I need forgiveness, when I humble myself enough to recognize that I'm not perfect and I need forgiveness, I'm going to be 100% ready to forgive everybody else. I'm not going to hold anybody else's faults in my heart. I'm not going to try to hold a grudge or anything because once I humble myself and realize that I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness. I don't want anybody else to carry a burden like that. So I say, do a holy hour, ask for forgiveness, get to confession, and ask for the grace to be able to forgive others. Dr. Sandoval, I'm sure glad I came here to listen to your show. I want everybody to like the show on YouTube. Say that so that this can get out to more people. And again, this hidden power of forgiveness is so important. You can call your friends. Uh, I'm going to make one more action item, if you don't mind. Sure, absolutely. My action item is to go and get pick up the phone right now and call somebody who you hadn't spoken to because of something went went south on it and you haven't been able to you know, uh, even see this person. Or if, if you can't call them, write them a letter asking for forgiveness and just dialogue with that. And I know that's a big thing to do. But I'm going to tell you, the benefits are out of this world. You know, and sometimes, like I said, sometimes it, for some people, it's really hard to say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the way we say, I'm sorry, if you can, because some of the relationships have really been broken and they say, gosh, if I talk to this person, I might create more negativity in their life. I love what Terry's saying. I say 100% do it. But if you feel like, gosh, there's been such a burden, sometimes you don't have to say, I'm sorry. Sometimes if you send a positive letter and say, hey, you know what? This is something really good about you. Mm-hmm. I really like the way that you bring other people up. Or I really like the way that you're always, you know, paying attention to being well-dressed or something positive about that person. Remind them of something positive about themselves. That's a way to start that dialogue. That's a way to start healing. Ultimately, forgiveness is about healing. It's about we're going to be connected. I say, right. I love that, Terry. Write that letter. Get in touch with somebody. Let them know that they're important and let them know that if there is a rift and, and you're sorry about it, let them know about that. Well, I just want to remind everybody, there's many other shows on Virgin Most Powerful. If you just ran into the Dr. Sandoval show, take a look and go to our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org. The good doctor talked about a spiritual warfare conference that took place last weekend. Doc, what did you think of the content of the talks? You know, it's always so good to remind ourselves because, you you know, you start listening to spiritual warfare and, and sometimes we go through life and we forget that we're going to be affected in negative ways if we don't pay attention to it. The contents of the, of the talks are so quality that it's one of the ways that we can wake ourselves up and remind ourselves about how exciting our faith is because we are part of a spiritual battle. And guess what? We're in control. God gives us free will. By having free will, we're in control if we want to go receive more graces. We get as holy as we want to be. And I think that if we can think about that, when you listen to that talk, if you get on that spiritual warfare conference and you listen to those talks, boy, you're going to be pumped and you're going to be motivated to get more and more graces and get further away from evil. I also want to remind you of the Dr. Scott Hahn CD. It's a download. It's free. It's um, called The Hidden Power of Forgiveness. Just call 877-526-2151. We'll send you a link uh, to you to download that because I think it could change people's lives. And I just want to thank the good doctor for allowing me to join him in this hour. Oh, Terry, I hope you join me for more. Hopefully we'll have you here on more. You know what? You got me pumped up. I want to go do a holy hour tonight. (laughs) 
Well, me too. Let's see if we can do that. And, and remember, everybody, if you're in Southern California, we're going to be at the Sacred Heart Chapel from 7 p.m. to 9 every Thursday night. Hope to see you then. We'll see you at the next clinic here at the Dr. Sandoval Show. <laughs>